Welcome back to Create Space, a podcast that finds joy in the art of storytelling. Today I have a short and quick episode for you, and this is kind of a check-in episode. I have been feeling some things myself in terms of just feeling a little bit off, feeling a little bit um, scattered or overwhelmed, and I see it in people around me as well. Definitely my students, but also you know people I work with and friends and family. It just feels like for whatever reason, a lot of us might be feeling some type of way right now. Again, it seems like there's some overwhelm um, and just a lot going on. So I thought I would do a quick episode to talk to you guys a little bit about what that looks like for me and what I do when I'm in a situation like that and what I am doing right now and have been doing for the past week or so. First of all, this check-in is coming from my car. My son is in tutoring right now. So he sees a tutor twice a week and he is there for 30 minutes. And so I popped back out to the car and I thought I would record this episode real quick because it's the time that I have. (laughs) And uh, also I got a fun new microphone off of Amazon and it's a small super like like it fits in my purse it's so small and it's a little lapel microphone that can clip onto a shirt or whatever and it's wireless and it transmits directly to my phone so it has a receiver that plugs into the lightning jack in my phone and then it has actually two different lapel transmitters so I could have two people talking at once which is awesome and this whole thing was like $22 or something like that was really inexpensive so probably not going to be Uh, Well, definitely not going to be the audio quality that I would get in the studio or from my Blue Yeti mic, but um, I was was excited to try it out for something uh, a little more low-key, something less, you know, studio sounding, but just for a quick check-in from the vehicle, because again, I'm using the time that I have to do this. I want to talk to you about what I call in my life the spiral. And it sounds more dramatic maybe than it is. Sometimes it's dramatic, but a lot of times it's it's more of a subtle spiral. But I think you all know what I'm talking about. It's kind of when one or two small things start to overwhelm me and or, or maybe a big thing for that matter. But as my brain starts to fill up with that overwhelm, I kind of start to react more intensely to just about everything else. So the spiral kind of starts to happen And sometimes I don't even realize what it is that originally started the spiral. Sometimes it's more on like a subconscious level. And I'll say that this is kind of what happened to me probably about two to two and a half weeks ago. I just started noticing that things were getting to be to me more. Not again, nothing in particular. I mean, yes, I can point out some specific situations that I think fed to the spiral, um, but without getting into details, Essentially, I noticed that things at work were stressing me out more than normal. Things at home were stressing me out more than normal. I was doing a lot more just getting down on myself, thinking, oh, I'm not you know, being a very good parent today, or oh, I didn't keep up with um, my grading as well as I wanted to this week, or oh, you know, that lecture that I just taught really wasn't all that good, and I feel like I was operating at like 70%, you know, versus like what I usually do when I teach. And after probably a week and a half of that happening, I recognized that in myself and went, something is, something is off. Like something, I need to change something, right? Which that's big for me that I only had to spiral for a week and a half. And again, it was a pretty subtle spiral. It never got like crazy out of hand. Like I never felt like rock bottom or totally overwhelmed or super stressed. I just felt a little bit not content 
right? Discontent, uncontent. I'm sure there's, I'm sure one of those is a word. I think maybe discontent. Anyhow, I was proud of myself for catching it earlier than I typically would because my emotions and my sense of overwhelm definitely does go in waves like that. Like there'll be a week or two or even a month when just everything stresses me out. And then there will be other weeks or months where I'm pretty easy breezy and things feel easy and natural and simple. And what's interesting about that is a lot of times the stressors in my life don't change in that time. It's just the way that I am handling the stress. So it's all kind of an internal thing based on like how my brain is working and how I'm feeling about things. So anyways, I noticed this subtle spiral. I noticed that things were affecting me more than normal and I noticed that I was not handling stress the way that I wanted to. And more than that, I also noticed again that I couldn't pinpoint it to any one specific thing. I could pinpoint it to several things and none of them seemed like they should be eliciting the type of emotional response that I was giving it. So I recognized like, okay, I need to figure out what's going on here. The first thing that I did, and this is something that I have to do somewhat often, is I took social media off my phone because I have a very strong tendency to numb out when I'm feeling uncomfortable feelings or when I'm avoiding something that I know I should be doing because it's difficult or it's boring or it's overwhelming or any number of reasons. And a really easy way for me to completely numb out is social media, right? Especially TikTok, but I can also do it on Instagram and Facebook. But TikTok, man, I'll tell you what, whoever does those algorithms is amazing because that software is engineered to make you forget about the world around you and just like get sucked into it. And I know some people who are good at disengaging, but I think for most of us, it just aggressively sucks us in. And then the next thing you know, you're like, well, where did the time go? Sometimes I can have social media on my phone just fine. And it's not like I don't overuse it. But when I'm actively in kind of like an, a sense of overwhelm or just part of the spiral, I start to overuse that and I start to realize that I'm on my phone way too much and I'm not doing anything productive and I don't feel at all refreshed after I have scrolled social media for a long time, right? Like it's supposed to be, you know, a decompression, you know, get your mind off the day, whatever, whatever. And for whatever reason, it doesn't do that for me. Even if I'm seeing all positive things, even if it's not like negative stuff, it still doesn't relax me. I, I, I guess it's because it's so stimulating, maybe. I don't know. Anyways, that's the first thing I did is I turned off uh, or I undownloaded, deleted, goodness, words. I deleted social media apps from my phone. Uh, and within like two days of having done that, I already noticed a very big change in my overall like emotional regulation <laughs> um, and just like my sense of uh, mindfulness and my sense of kind of being present with my life, which was a big positive. So the other thing that I did is I started doing my brain downloads, which we've talked about those on the show before. It's something that I learned from Jessica Stong. Um, it's rooted in cognitive behavioral therapy. And I started doing those every morning. So just writing things down, writing whatever was in my brain every single morning. And I found that that helped me to start sorting through some of those scattered thoughts and emotions that I was trying to avoid from scrolling social media, right? So first I got rid of the temptation of distraction 
And then I started facing those thoughts and emotions head on. Uh, again, all little things. I'm not talking big trauma here. I'm not talking big relational issues or big work issues. I'm talking little things that I let add up. So those two things really helped me. I also tried to fill my time with things that actually do relax me. So like taking a walk, for example, or um, just like doodling or like adult coloring book types of things, stuff like that that could busy my hands without like overstimulating my brain. So that helps a lot too. I've played basketball with my son. Neither of us are very good. He's getting better. I'm not. But uh, but still, it's a way to just kind of get my brain off of things and enjoy time with him and be in the moment with him. Same would go for playing with my daughter. Sometimes she likes to play Barbies. And when I can just do that with her and stop thinking about adult stuff, <laughs> uh, that can really help too. And I'm also going to offer you a what I would consider kind of a, a harsh truth that I have come to realize and appreciate, which is that people pleasing, at least the way that I do it, is not for the benefit of other people, but it is for my own need of external validation. So I don't know if that's what it is for you. I suspect for a lot of people probably fall into this category. But I think when I looked at my people-pleasing as me being a martyr for the betterment of everyone else, I was less likely to stop doing it because even though I knew it wasn't good for me, I saw that it was good for other people um, and that it was like helping other people. And so there was this almost sense of virtue to it that made me want to continue doing it. And eventually, uh, a therapist of mine, I remember when she told me this and it was like a wow, aha moment she said, you know, people pleasing is really just seeking validation that it's not, it's not a selfless act. Like we tend to think that it is. It's more of a selfish act where we want everyone to like us. And we want everyone to think that we're the best at whatever it is that we're doing. Um, and that's absolutely what it is for me. When I started being honest about that and really recognizing that I was seeking validation in ways that I could not or chose not to validate myself, it made it much easier and much more convicting for me to work on my people pleasing when I recognized that it was something that wasn't really necessarily helping the people around me, right? Sometimes my people pleasing tendencies were actually making life harder for other people. You know, like maybe I couldn't make a decision because I was afraid that I'd make the wrong one and then somebody would be mad at me when really the way to you know, help ease someone else's life is to just make the decision so they don't have to, right? Um, so things like that. So that's a harsh truth, but um, I hope that it maybe jives with somebody else because for me, it really did change the way that I think about people pleasing and it made it much easier for me to start cutting it out. Uh, and it made it much easier for me to start offering myself the validation that I was seeking from other people. In reality, a lot of the stuff that I'm talking about is stuff that I have been telling my students for years, you know, but it's so easy as a third party to tell them, oh, you're doing enough. You don't have to impress anybody. You're, you know, perfectly worthy and valuable just as you are. And it's much, much harder to say that to ourselves. So this episode is kind of all about me saying that to myself and me trying to uh, model for you guys what exactly I do in some of these situations. So I want to finish this episode by telling you two resources that I've been listening to uh, recently. The first is an audiobook. It's an actual book too, obviously, but um, I'm listening to it as an audiobook, and it's called Burnout, 
and it's by Emily and Amelia Nagoski. So um, Emily Nagoski is awesome. I've read some of her other books before, and Amelia is her twin sister, and they co-wrote this book, Burnout, that is all about stress and burnout, specifically within women. And it's a great book, and I'm in the process of reading it right now, um, and I would highly suggest it. And the other is a podcast. It's a very short-form podcast. Each episode's only like seven or eight minutes, and it's called YNAB, Y-N-A-B, and that stands for You Need a Budget. And it's by Jesse Meekham. And Jesse Meekham is the inventor or creator of a budgeting software called YNAB. Again, that stands for You Need a Budget. And uh, we started using YNAB in our house about seven months ago, I believe. And uh, it has really changed the way that we think about our finances. And it has really like helped. Um, it, it attacks finances, not just from the perspective of teaching you how to save money or telling you not to spend money on certain things, but it attacks it more from the intentionality and emotional regulation perspective of saying you want to feel peaceful about your money. You want to feel content about your money. You want to be intentional about how you spend it. Here's how you can make your money work for you. And here's how you can feel peace about it. Um, and for me, listening to podcasts about financial freedom and stuff like that and like getting into our budget and running the numbers and, you know, seeing the progress that we've made are all things that help me when I start to feel that spiral, even if it's totally unrelated to finances, seeing that we're doing okay and that like I've been working really hard or we've been working really hard uh, can help pull me out of that spiral again, even if it's related to something else entirely. So those are just two things that I have been absorbing media content wise lately that I thought you guys might like. So this was just a quick check-in episode. I hope you all are doing okay. If you've been feeling the pressure, like a lot of people around me have, I hope that, uh, some of what I said today maybe resonates with you or helps with you. Um, and I will catch you next time back here on create space. Thanks for listening.